Welcome to This is for the CV, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. This is a podcast by Anthony and Rebecca, two professors in communication and political science, chatting about politics, pop culture, and the things in between. This week, This is for the CV wasn't able to record because of the ice storms impacting much of the United States. We did jump on today to do a quick live episode about what we experienced this week from the Texas perspective, our hot takes on state leadership, and ways we can all help. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Rebecca. Do you remember two weeks ago when I made the unfortunate quip about you texting me and saying, what do you want to talk about? And I said, you know, I really don't know. I'm just not outraged about anything. I do remember that, yeah. Uh, I I thought about that this week. <laughs> Man. Ooh. We're coming at you live on Friday the 19th. That's right. We could not record earlier this week for what are obvious reasons to us, but maybe not for everyone. So let's talk about what's happening and what can be done. Um. How was your week? Let's start there. Uh, okay. I think Sunday was the last normal day. Uh, the last day where the cold didn't affect anything in my life. Um, that was normal. Woke up Monday. Uh, did a conference presentation. Internet was spotty in some places for people also in Texas that were part of the conference. But nothing really failed. To Monday night into Tuesday, here comes the snow. And by Monday morning, I got a text from my mom and my brother that their power was out. And so I was thinking, okay, their power is out. They're talking about these rolling blackouts. I'm just waiting for my power to go out. Like I was like, okay, they're five minutes up the street. It's it's gonna go out, and uh, mine never did, and I thought about it about why, and the best thing I can come up with is the fire department and the police department are on the same grid as me, mm-hmm. like they're like right down the road, like right down the road, right. And I'm thinking they can't shut them down without shutting me down, so that's why mm-hmm. we were all right. My brother and my mom's neighborhood they didn't get power until yesterday afternoon, consistently. You know, they were a smooth 48 hours without it, period. Mm. Didn't come back on. And when it did come back on, a pipe in my brother's kitchen burst Ugh. immediately. And my mom's water heater burst and her water heater's in her roof. And oh. it, you know, mm-hmm. so you know, I get this call and it's like, there's, wa- there's water in my, there's water in my kitchen. There's water in my living room. And my mom is like not really trying to play it up. And and so I'm like, okay, well, where's it coming from? She's like, oh, it's coming from the fireplace. I'm like, okay, well, you know, put some towels down. I'm thinking that like snow has accumulated and is running down. Right? Because I'm not thinking yeah. nothing. And then she calls back like, you know, two, three minutes later, I could hear the concern in her voice. And she's like, it's, it's kind of, you know, I, I'm in the garage now and there's water dripping from the light fixtures. And I'm thinking, okay, I know there's two water heaters in your roof. I'm thinking the water heater's going to come down mm. on her cars. 
you know? So I'm like, okay, you can't stay there. I'm coming to get you, right? And so I get there. Her neighbors are there. They had already backed out the cars. Oh, good. We turn the lights off. And I'm I'm walking around. I'm like, this ain't no little bit of water. Like, your house is flooded. Like, that. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the that's what you should have said in the first call, right? Hey, Anthony, my house is flat. You know, she's like, "There's a little bit of moisture in here." Nah, nah. But we were able to turn all the power off except to the heater if the power came back on. Packed her up, got her over here, and we're not going. We're gonna go back like tomorrow, maybe, and get some more stuff. But claims have been filed. You know restoration people have been contacted mm. but they're swamped sure and so we're on a wait list of course. right yeah and so that's just kind of been it like my brother and his family they came over to charge all their stuff and take showers and whatnot like what day was that two days ago my niece stayed with me two days ago but now they got a plumber at their spot they capped the pipe so they could turn their water back on mm. they just don't have cold water in their kitchen but they're and their power's on oh nice so Power's restored to their neighborhood, but yeah, things are very, um, it just, it, I, I don't know, like, you feel bad about, oh, hey, how, how did we keep power? How did y'all not? But at the same time, it's like, well, if we didn't have it, y'all wouldn't have it. Right. You were able to help right? everybody around you. Mm-hmm. What about y'all? Well, how, how cold did their houses get? Do they know? Yeah, so... Um, when my mom called the first time to say that there was, you know, she said that it was like 43 mm-hmm. in her house and my brother's house got a little bit colder than that. Cause they stayed a little bit longer than that in that house. But I think it dropped to like four, four you know, somewhere in that range. Low 40, 40s, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, Similar to you, we were super lucky. We had a kind of a rough go at the very beginning. So our power started going out early Monday morning. So basically Sunday night for people who stay up late. And then it went out for good at three and just didn't come back on for nine hours. And Mm -hmm. we thought that we were, you know, in for days of it. But nine hours later, it came back on. Our house was already down to the 40s in that period of time. We have a 1950s house, original windows. Two of them are literally plastic, literally. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it just, it's a, we like to belovedly call it our cheese sieve because, thing, you know, it, it leaks out. So, but then the power came back on and we were fully prepared for it to be, you know, in and out or just go out indefinitely again. We had bricks that we pulled around the house to like warm that and bring inside. We were trying to think all the ways to warm ourselves that weren't going to give us carbon monoxide poisoning. And mm-hmm. then we just didn't have to do any of it. Everything stayed on. So we got really, really lucky. In that nine hours, I was a huge baby based on how cold I was. I had like 27 layers on and I was like, it's so cold. Like it messes with your brain when you're not used to it being that cold. So I really feel for people who went two, three, four days with nothing, of the whole week with nothing. Yeah. Because it dipped down to three here. Yeah, outside, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Family-wise, uh, Ben's parents are in Texarkana. They're not on our grid, never lost power. They're good. Mm-hmm. They're with, you know, the East grid. Um, his sisters had some, some troubles, but were able to get some help. My parents were the people I was worried about. My younger sisters went in and out, but it was like 
four hours at a time. It was never anything super dangerous. It was cold and uncomfortable, but that was the extent of it. My parents went out for a long time. And that night when it was three degrees, I did not sleep that night. I was just up bargaining with God, (laughs) like like, couldn't get to him. Deeply, deeply worried. Um, And I could tell that my mom was worried because she was being overly positive. You know, like, we'll be Mm. fine. I'm like, I don't know about it. So um, when their power came back on at, I think, 8 the next day, I was was relieved. Mm -hmm. And it stayed on from there? No, it goes in and out. But as of yesterday morning, it stayed on. Oh, good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So but that was the one time that I was just really concerned about them. But other than that, like I said, we've had our water. We've been fine. Almost everyone I know in Austin has no water. Half of them didn't yeah. have power for days. The yeah, other half the did the rolling. Mm-hmm. If 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 it's a choice between power and water, you choose water. Like that's if if the the running water once that and that's the situation we're in now. Once people don't have no water like that. And ha- having people say, oh, yeah, I need you to boil water. It's like, well, do I have power to boil water? And more to the point, do I have water to boil? You know, you got people out here boiling snow. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are doing that that I know their power is back on, but they're boiling snow every morning to, mm-hmm. you know, wash a the dish. The running water thing is the thing. Mm-hmm. And our in Waco, they're, they've really been trying to get us to conserve get businesses to conserve find where any leaks are so that we don't have to go to a boil notice i know we've gotten close a few times the we have two water treatment plants one was shut down they got it back up um and they're just driving around town constantly all day and night looking for leaks to try to head it off but as of this morning they said we're still in danger of it they've cut off water to a couple intentional places where there are leaks that they need to repair and they're taking bottles of water to people's homes that are affected like right now Mm. so they're not just like sorry good luck as it appears many other people are you know in the position of yeah i i think it was last night i saw a video from the mayor and he was talking about like our mayor yeah, yeah. Our, Waco's mayor. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about like this rumor. People got a, a text where they said that the water was going to get shut off. And so people were hoarding water and bathtub. Like, I didn't get, did you get that I text? didn't. Did you, I don't know what that was. I learned about it from him because I'm seeing intentionally, you know, city of Waco public information stuff first and anything from him first. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that from him. I hadn't gotten anything about it, but apparently it was this Texas wide piece of information that went out and it just spread like wildfire as misinformation does. And so people were understandably concerned. They followed the instructions of fill up your bathtubs and it almost shut down our water because it was happening Mm -hmm. at the same time the other treatment plant went off the grid. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of exacerbated everything. It seems so far we've been able to keep it though and they're hopeful. But in case you don't know and you're in Waco, you're being asked not to run large appliances, like don't do your laundry, dishwasher, take very short showers, things like that. So doable stuff. Mm -hmm. At first, they said don't drip your faucets, but then they took that out of the graphic. So I was like, you're going to lose way more water with a leaked pipe than just a tiny little drip. 
So right. we kept dripping. Yeah, Hewitt's under a similar request through, I want to say through Monday. Okay. What's your impression of Hewitt's city governance through this? Um. Okay, so like, again, my my situation is, it's... It's just a different situation. Like my mom's next door neighbor, who she's real close with, is like a city council member. Mm, mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, Hewitt, like she was already over here with us. And we were trying to call the Hewitt Water Department to get the water turned off at her spot. Mm. You know, even though we had turned the water off to the water heater, we were like, we should probably just turn the water off completely because ain't nobody going back there to live until it's fixed. Right. But it just kept ringing over there. It just kept ringing, ringing. But... You know, you got a council part like, you know, Erica's just like she didn't call the department. She called Sandra, whoever's like, yo, go turn this stuff. Off. And so they came and did. But that ain't everybody's, you know, but Mama's Erica been up pull. and down. Erica been up and down everybody's block. Like she was like, yeah, I was in the chief of police's attic shutting off his water. He, you know, because she out. But I know good. I know good, I know good and wet. Yeah. Like, but that's. That's a very sure. unique neighborhood and a unique situation mm -hmm. in a small 13,000 person yes. community. I guess little. Everybody know everybody. It's been interesting to see the differences between something like Hewitt, Waco, which is considered a medium-sized city, and Austin, which is huge, or Dallas, which right. is huge, or Houston, or San Antonio for that matter. El Paso usually would be in that mix, but they're on a different grid as well and have been fine. So- just the, the difference is because if, you know, half your city's power goes out, you can really send people out there and try to get it back on. But in Austin, that's millions and millions of people. Mm -hmm. It's really challenging. So that, and it's not that there's that many more city council members per, right. you know, per capita, essentially. It's not. It's mm -hmm. not. And so, I mean, obviously our fleets are smaller. We Our staffs are smaller, but still, I mean, they're working around the clock to get stuff done, and it appears to be more manageable. Uh, I also think that, you know, they thought through some things in a way that was pretty smart. And I say this to my students a lot, that local government isn't Democrat or Republican, because there's not a Republican way to <laughs> get you your water or uh -huh. pick up your trash or a, de mm -hmm. or a Democratic way. And And I think that holds true here as well it's like do you understand did you run because you have an ego and you just want to be the leader of a city or do you have like a firm understanding of all of the things that it takes to run a city mm -hmm. and because most people aren't like oh, i'm just really passionate about sewage and <laughs> making sure that runs efficiently that's not why people want to be in positions of leadership but it turns out that's pretty darn important to understand so i i've found our leadership to be fairly effective or actually very effective in terms of being honest. We don't run our own power. There's nothing that our city mm -hmm. could do when it started to go out except advocate to ERCOT, like stop it, <laughs> quit doing it, mm -hmm. turn these people back on, but they're getting similar requests all over the state. And then they set, they quickly had warming stations up. And then as soon as any driving could take place, they were sending people to pick folks up. They were like, call us, we'll come pick you up in a fire truck and take you there. Hmm. And I haven't heard a lot of those stories happening in other places. Maybe they are, and I just don't see them. But I feel like our city was trying at least to do what they could to reduce the harm of this. The numbers I saw 
you know, 14 million people lost power for the long haul. Right. That's half the state. Dang near half the state. And when half the state is out and you got these hugely populated counties, Travis County, Harris County, mm-hmm. like massive counties, it's like, like you said, there's only so much that can be done per capita to try to get it going. And, and, and the more people, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to have a run on grocery stores. We're going to mm-hmm. have a run. Because it's not just, it's like when the pandemic hit and resources were scarce, it was because demand. But it's like, okay, there's increased demand and the roads is jacked yeah, up. Yeah, zero supply. And the crops is frozen over. Mm-hmm. And the water pipes is frozen. It's like there's no supply and there's mad demand. And it's just like, oh, like I picked up my groceries Saturday morning, but if I had to pick them up Sunday morning, the road, you you know, like it's like my 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 brother's my brother's pickup was Monday, and by Monday you couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, the roads was too, and it's just like, and 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 even the food they did get went bad, right? Because it's just like, right. yeah, we lost exactly. It's like ah. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a single Texas guard or National Guard. I haven't seen any of it. I've only seen city help and mutual aid from neighbors. And that tends to be the way these things happen. Growing up in Florida, going through lots of hurricanes, the the forces, so to speak, the cavalry arrives way too late and tends to help out afterwards. And it's needed afterwards too. But in terms of saving lives in the meantime, it's like you're on your own. Good luck. And that has been felt very thoroughly in terms of all sorts of Texas leadership. The state level leadership on this has been ooh, step away from a mic. Well, the it's hard to prepare for something this you know, we 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 have a lot of constraints in Texas mm-hmm. in terms of like we're the fact that we run our own stuff means that we're not beholden to any type of regulation. It's very difficult to say we're going to winterize all this stuff in the event that maybe one day stuff will freeze at the expense of because spending a bunch of money to winterize a bunch. You can just I can just hear the the whoever's running against you like you spend all that money on pipes. Mm -hmm. You spend all that money on. What are you doing? You could have spent that money on and just list it. And it's like, who wants to do that when there's nothing, you know, but it's like, man, it's like maintenance on a car. It's like going to the dentist you're gonna pay now or you're gonna pay triple later mm-hmm. you cannot get your teeth cleaned and not floss if you want to but root canals cost a grip i know i've had three of them right <laughs> like they cost a grip even with insurance you know mm-hmm. like you you cannot put oil in your car if you want to but when your engine blows transmission up, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a problem well in 2011 when something similar but on a smaller scale happened yeah they got all the information about what they needed to do But just like you're saying, they said that's expensive. And that's exacerbated by the fact that in Texas, we have a balanced budget requirement in our state constitution. So we can't spend any money for revenue that's not projected that we'll have. And the Texas comptroller was like, this is how much you can spend in your budget for the next two years. And then they literally can't go over that. So what ends up happening is prevention in every area, not just this, but especially this right now, is just never prioritized. Not for mm-hmm. children, not for education, not just nothing. There's no prevention. It's only ever the most visible, immediate need because anything else is politically costly, like you're saying. 
and so and they they have to cut somewhere so it's easier to cut from places we can't see yet that we're not right. experiencing yet now we're going to spend a heck of a lot more money when we already have a shortage a massive shortage because of the pandemic on this and it's going to come from somewhere but it's probably going to come, come from, somewhere. from something else's prevention so we'll see about that i did do a deep dive on um ERCOT, ERCOT, however we want to say it. Let me look it up. The Electric Reliability Council of Texas, because I was curious and pretty woefully uninformed for someone who te taught Texas government for like five years in a row. But it is a 501c4, so it's a nonprofit organization. And because of where I was mentally, I did a deep dive and looked up their 990 form, their tax form, and looked up what everybody makes. Mm. And in the most recent one available is from 2018. But in 2018, that CEO at a base pay before any benefits made $815,000. That's that nonprofit manager's um, salary. So, oh, wow. so I have some thoughts about that. Their board is who sort yeah, those of- Those are Lincoln Project numbers, dang. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for their charity, air quotes. Um, their board, they select themselves one is a member of the Public Utility Commission, the head of that commission, and the governor appoints all the people on the Public Utility Commission, and that's who provides the oversight over um, the Electric Reliability Council of Texas. And ERCOT is both the, the organization, but it's also the name of the grid that we're on. And I'm sure if you've been following this year in Texas, you've seen the map now, but there are literally three grids in the United States, one on mm -hmm. the east, one on the west, and Texas, to your point, avoid regulation. Yeah, that's the main thing. That's the main thing. We didn't want federal regulation. We didn't want that regulation. Regulation that makes us winterize, for example. Right, right, mm -hmm. right. Because, you, you know, and we've seen these pictures. I have, and I've heard people on podcasts talking like, look, I'm broadcasting you from Minnesota. We, we see three degrees all day long. Our power ain't going out because we ready for yeah, that. Yeah, our gas is working. Our coal's working. Our wind turbines are working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're fought like you. They, they they make them. They That wind thing will spin. That turbine will spin if you treat it right. I mean, I've seen pictures of wind turbines spinning in Antarctica, for goodness sake. Mm -hmm. It's like, come on, man. But, you know, is what 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 makes for a good story? Right. Right? Like what? Who, who's going to do the deep dive? Who's going to go look and see? Who's going to think beyond their immediate moment? And, you know, when there's a travesty, especially a travesty that's completely out of our control because we can't control the temperature. Right. If we can't control that, then we want to control the people who prepared for that. And that makes us feel like, who can I blame? Who can I say, you put me out in, in this situation? I wasn't, you know? And it's like, man... Is, is that the best use of our time, mm. right? Mm. Like it, because all it does is put them folks on the defensive and, and instead of like putting their heads together, thinking about what can we do in the immediate in to help immediate people, moment. they're thinking about like, okay, let's get the PR people. Let's get the crisis management people. How can we blame somebody else to avoid blame? You know, they're, they're spending calories on that instead of the actual frozen crisis mm -hmm. in the state. Right. Like just save lives. It's like you having meetings about the messaging instead of getting the power on, instead of getting water to people, instead of getting the pipe. Like, no, nah, you shouldn't be having no meetings because the governor didn't figure that the governor didn't come up with that message on his own. Ain't nobody covered. No, no. 
somebody else, somebody that does what I do for a living was in that telling him what to say about, oh, well, you know, we can spin this. This Nah, you shouldn't be having meetings about that. Yeah, go on national news networks and and spin this is not the use of time. So what you doing on Fox News, man? What are you doing? Fox doesn't need you. They don't need you, man. They got power. What you doing? Mm-hmm. And then that's juxtaposed by, you know, the stories. That, and we're going to hear a lot more of them once things thaw. It'll start today. It'll keep going tomorrow, which are like an 11-year-old dies in his trailer. People die in their house fires, carbon monoxide deaths. Carbon monoxide, yeah. I mean, it's they're just starting to trickle out and out now. And our leadership is trying to score political points on news networks. To that point, I have I text you this. I said, okay, I'll try to channel my rage until we talk. I am trying to channel my rage at all of our state elected officials to something productive. So um, hilariously, I have like a manic need to fix things that are outside of my power to do so. And so <laughs> early days before everything was up, I put a bunch of bread out to try to save a squirrel who was digging in the ice. <laughs> <laughs> And as I was doing it, I was like, I wonder about your mental health right now, Larson. <laughs> and, mm. and then um, just finding places to give to. I've really been looking for Waco-based places. Like, I want everyone across the state to get help, but, you know, I also mm. want to help pe- folks locally. And I did some calls yesterday with Beto, his Powered by the People, to check on elderly folks. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm trying <laughs> because otherwise I'm just – doom scrolling and just hating on people you know the ted cruises the abbots the rick perry's and that's not doing any good for anybody well rick perry rick perry's a lightweight been a lightweight Mm -hmm. and proved that he was a lightweight as soon as the national spotlight hit him uh abbott (laughs) have fun have fun running you was already gonna have fun running regardless either from your right flank or from whoever comes again and this mess with Ted Cruz. Yeah, he's going to get primaried. <laughs> this mess with Ted Cruz, man. Again, somebody that needed somebody that does what I do for a living to just pop in this. Hey, man, do you realize what these images might do to you? Do you do you have any notion what this is going to become? There ain't no, like, bro. Oh, oh, shameful. Just shameful. What's funny is, because I have fun in funny in it is he there's so many pictures so many people were thrilled to blow up his spot blow up his whole spot and then when he said oh no i'm just going overnight to drop my daughter off because i'm a good dad with this giant ass suitcase for the, <laughs> right uh, <laughs> even though i changed my flight back this morning right right yeah a friend of his wife's on the text chain. Yeah, on the group text. Just sends it to the New York Times. Dimes you out. <laughs> Front page, New York Times. Here you go. He'd be like, yeah, that's a lie. He was going to vacation yeah. while y'all freeze. I, Heidi was trying to recruit people from the neighborhood. Let's go. Like, let's do it. Here's the flights. Here's the here's the Ritz-Carlton prices. It's only let's make 300 a, a night. And I, I'm like, hey, let's make a go. I understand it. If anybody in the neighborhood, like, I get it. Shoot. I would even I wouldn't care if you sent your kids and your wife. Like, so what? You, sir. You gotta stay. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're one of two senators in the state. I don't care if you can't do nothing anyway. You, if you was in Texas, if you was in Washington, fine. 
if you intact, like, look, man, you got to ride this out with your people, man. You said you wanted to be with us. You got to be with us. Mm-hmm. You can't just be hopping on the plane like I'm out. But I don't begrudge nobody who's, you know, hey, no, you, you want to be official? out? They get to do what they want when you represent the state. And the argument I've seen over and over again is, well, he's a senator. This is a state issue. What could nah, he do? No, 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 dog. No, nah, dog. Then you're a bad senator if you can't do anything for your state during a crisis. Then you shouldn't have your job. Yeah, I, I refuse to believe that he didn't think it through. I agree you with know, you. I think he did guy. think it through and, he and was care. like, I'm not going to pay no pr- like my the people in my state who's going to rock with me are going to rock with me regardless mm-hmm. and it's not going to be a big thing and I'm not up for like four more four years. Four more years. They'll so forget. by then they'll forget about mm-hmm. it. But I'm like, dude. I won't. I I, I, I won't. You, you, you know, like it's and, and then it's, you know, like why are you putting your kids into this? Mm-hmm. Like how come you can't just own it? Like, my daughter's look, like, look, me and my wife, like, yeah, you know who else didn't want to be frozen no more? Me. <laughs> you know who else wanted to get in some sun? Me. Right? Like, just like, yeah, we, we going. We, we got the means to go, the money to go. I'm going. Right? Like, his, his, like they're multi. Forget about him. His wife make all the bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, hey. But it's the political side. It's, the, it's those images that live mm-hmm. forever. It's you in a Texas mask walking through, you know, customs. Th- th- those are the things with your big old suitcase. Like, those are the, like, oh, oh, you can't take you know, that back. juxtaposed with the people burning their furniture to stay warm. Right. Doesn't look good. People boiling, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines out here boiling snow. Mm-hmm. They could get on a plane, right? Like, and I'm like, dude, why, why are you so cheap? You can't fly net jets. <laughs> There ain't no pictures in the NetJet lobby. Like, if you're rich enough to go, go. But why are you in the middle of Delta? I wondered why he <laughs> flew coach, too. I wonder if it's because they grounded private planes or something. I don't know. I, I was curious about that. I was like, there was a way to go lay on the beach and avoid this. Yeah, you could have avoided this. Yeah. There was a way to Simpson it where you stand in front of your green screen and keep giving. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you keep talking to us. And we're like, was that a Mai Tai? No, probably oh. not. Probably not. Probably, nah, no, nah. couldn't be. Nah, nah, he's in his office. Be. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think it also does a disservice. I mean, it's easy to hate on Ted Cruz. And I think if you're a Texan or an Oklahoma or, you know, Louisiana, when you're going through a similar thing, we get to deal with it however we want. So I'm not coming down on anybody from Texas who wants to spend their energy hating on Ted Cruz. He deserves it. But everybody outside, it seems to have stolen the spotlight in terms of this is an actual crisis and it's still happening Still to making funny memes of him. And it's not that he doesn't deserve it and we shouldn't hold him to a higher, you know, to a higher standard, but people still don't have power. People are frozen. Now their pipes are bursting. The foods don't have, or the foods don't have food. The, (laughs) The restaurants and the supermarkets don't have food. I mean- people need help and of course it's the people that are lower income that are the hardest hit and so like yep. fine make your cruise meme if you want but like find a way to help if you can and usually because it's not like you can come here that's in the form of money so i completely understand if people can't give especially after a pandemic or during a pandemic there's no after but if you can spend that energy or if you don't have money spend your energy and time sharing 
places people can donate or help. For every one political dig, you have to share three ways to help. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the a good ratio. Rule. I like that that's ratio. I like that. I like that rule. <laughs> just I like made that up rule. and cannot enforce. But no, what you just said about it being post-pandemic, you know, a situation like this, it's like I was around more people this last week than I have been all the pandemic. We had no masks on. It's like, yo, we trying to get this thing turned off. We trying to pack stuff up. We trying to put these towels down. We trying, trying to save your mom's house and get her to warmth. I get it. Yeah. It's like, oh, my brother, like, hey, yeah, we're going to come up. Like, can we come? Of course you can come right, over. You can't like, say no. Like, we're all in the house. I'm like, yeah, so if I get the COVID, like, so? But, you know, a situation like this supersedes exactly. that. And I read a Texas Tribune story this morning about, like, higher ed university dorm rooms. Mm -hmm. Tech was mentioned. Texas State was mentioned. A&M was mentioned. Like, you know, these dorm rooms, they losing power. They ain't got no food, right? Like, water's getting shut off. Pipes are bursting. Stuff is flooded, right? Like, in a pandemic, it's like, okay, well, what, we're just over here. And are we going to be up on our masks when we frozen solid and we trying to navigate this Spit like you know, and so you the curves coming down, but you know, and, and vaccines aren't getting distributed right now because right. who can get to the like right like yeah, are, are it's we estimated even getting like the a million here? that we were supposed to get right this week? They shouldn't come here because why should they? Yeah, come they here? stopped distribution. One, they couldn't get here because of our roads yeah. in most places, but two, they didn't want to send them where they can't be distributed. And they go bad. And I get and it. they go bad, yeah. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. People are doing the right thing. They're helping their families and their neighbors out. It's the immediate risk versus, you know, mm -hmm. the potential in a couple of weeks, you have to choose the immediate risk first, always. Yeah. So yeah. I get it. But, but once we get past all of the immediate needs and things are at least somewhat okay, there will be the, still the financial fallout for a lot of people. And then it'll be the COVID issue where people, you know, get sick because they didn't have a choice but to huddle together. So there's a lot going on. I'm just saying maybe Ted Cruz and cornrows is not the funniest or most important thing happening. I haven't seen that one. That's pretty Michael Scott. It's like, oh, I didn't go to Cancun. And he's got like the braids with the like um, yarn in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. What else is on your mind? I mean, before all this happened, I thought we were going to be talking about like impeachment votes and future of the party and what, what, what happens next and mm -hmm. COVID bills and recovery aid and sure you know which still hasn't been passed the stuff like i thought that's what we was gonna be on and that stuff still rolls and, and is progressing but right now all my mind is on is when's the temperature gonna get above freezing mm -hmm. so this stuff can melt so transit can happen again freely because huh, it's not necessarily the conditions of the road as people like either overestimating the prowess of their vehicle 
and drive driving like entirely too fast. Like, yeah, if you got traction, that's great. You can get traction if you got a decent car with decent tires. Just the stopping. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the stopping, yo. And 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 you don't know. There could be a patch of cleared road, and then you go around a bend, and it could not be cleared just as easily. You don't know that it's all cleared. It's like, why are you even close to me right now? Like, we should not be close to each mm-hmm. other right now. Like, yeah, there's a thick layer of ice. Then there's snow on top of that. Then there's, then there's more ice on top. on top of that. And then there's more yes. snow on top of that. Yes. So there's, yeah. And I mean, they've been trying as salt as they can, but we don't have snow plows in Texas. Nope. Again, nope. it's not cost effective. We might end up because climate change, but as of right now, it had in previous times what we'll do is we'll shut down for a couple of days we all stay home and huddle and then things open up again and that ends up being cheaper than putting a bunch of money into things that we'll only use every couple of years obviously this was different yeah so the science on this we don't know like what what they've predicted in terms of what climate change does this ain't part of that they this is beyond their models and so to, to, to think that, like, humanity can wrestle with what all the consequences are of what we put into the atmosphere, that's a lot of hubris on our part to begin with. Mm. To think, oh, yeah, these chemicals and these compounds and how they interact with something we didn't create to begin with, we know how that's going to go. No, we don't. And so I hear the sun like, yeah, we don't know if Texas getting colder is part of. It's like, but you we we don't know what's going to happen. Something like this ain't happened in Texas for 40 years. Okay. Is it going to happen again in 10? Is it going to happen again in five? Like, all I know is, guess what, Anthony? You need, when you buy the house you're going to die in, you need a deep freezer, some solar panels, and a generator. But that ain't everybody's life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, who, who can play, who, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, this ain't happening to me no more. Like, I'm not even going to, like, it didn't happen to me, but I'm like, it won't happen to me because I'm going to make sure it does. But it's like, man, who got an extra 20 racks to make sure it doesn't happen? Like, that's not, again, you know, this. I was talking to Lizette about it. It's like, man, I sound like, like a prepper. somebody who, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over here sounding like Karl Marx, but I'm like, I, <sighs> capitalism is great if you got them, if you got what you need to have but the destruction we're seeing it's like man that's not the destruction the destruction we're seeing is not you can't just be like oh they deserve that destruction because they couldn't figure it out it's like oh stop yourself that because that's what we're saying do you have the means to fix it Mm -hmm. on your own Mm -hmm. in the event of government failure Mm -hmm. if you don't well the consequences are it's like mm. like that former texas mayor told us he said survival of the fittest we don't owe you anything literally can you imagine your mayor telling you that it's your own fault if you die in this yeah he did that that really did happen y'all mm-hmm. he really he, he, said that, that was really on your government doesn't owe you anything apparently the services you pay for including that full salary you shouldn't expect anything in return you should pay for your heat but not expect it to work Oof. I... speaking of capitalism speaking of capitalism apparently all of our rates are going to go up 
Oh, I, I, no, not mine. You're not on I that variable. Signed, I, I signed a five-year contract with, with Reliant last week. Oof. Seven seven point five cent a kilowatt. They probably mad now, but I signed that with them because they came. They came to my. They came to my neighborhood like a week and a half ago, and they was like, "Let me see your bill. What are you paying per kilowatt? Oh, you're with Ambit. You're paying like eight and a half cent, nine cent. We could put you on seven point whatever for five years. Okay, switched me on an iPad. And at first, I thought that me being with Reliant was the reason I didn't lose power. But then the more I started thinking about it, I'm like, no, nah, we're all we're all controlled by Encore and ERCOT. Yeah. I'm next to the fire department. They have to have power. That's why I have power. Because my neighbors don't have Reliant and they got everybody in my subdivision has power. Everybody. Nobody lost power. Right. Yeah, then it's definitely that. But yeah, because in Waco we have the choice between two or three, depending on where you live. And there's the production of it, and then we pay for the basically transmission of it to our homes and mm-hmm. ERCOT has it all on a grid and releases it like little puppets but because we're not connected to those other two grids that make up the rest of the United States when something like this happens we can't borrow from other areas that aren't right. overtaxed and that's what happened right. the entire state was affected at the exact same time and it just went down. In fact, they said that they were, when they cut 40% of Austin and a bunch of other places that they were gonna do rolling, but they weren't able to bring it back on. They said they were minutes away from a complete system failure that could have lasted for months. Yeah, I read that. Uh, but what are, what are they gonna say? Right. I read they that and I was like, yeah, of course it. you're gonna say that now. Like, yeah, oh, well, we, you know, it started this way, but hey, you know, hey. I think that's a PR move to get in front of as we start to hear more people have died. So they can say, we're really sorry, but it could have been so much worse. We still did the right thing. <laughs> it's akin, like you were saying about it earlier, leadership. Everybody likes the fundraisers and the speeches and, and people returning your calls. But when, <laughs> when, when, when the crisis comes, you see who's, who's equipped who has the heart for service, who's down with the job mm-hmm. and who's not, you know, you liken it to like athletics or whatever. Like, yeah, everybody who plays ball or plays athletic, they, they want to make it to the highest level. And, and then you realize like in real time, it's like, yeah, everybody can't win though. Somebody's going to drop the game winning pass. Somebody's going to miss the game winning shot. Somebody's going to have to care. Like, it's like, oh yeah, that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. but in these moments, you, you probably wish. It's like, man, I wish I didn't have this on me mm-hmm. right now. I wish I didn't have people looking at me right now yeah. for this. Everyone like, wants yeah, to leave when is... it's easy and times are good. Of course. It's like, dude. I've also <laughs> noticed two different types of leadership happening in, in that mix as well. It's those that sit around at home with their power, with their hands up. That'll share a couple memes, even though they're elected officials. Say, oh, go get this here if you can. Oh, go get that here if you can. Wait for other people to do things. Wait within the confines of their position. And then there are the people who go and make it happen. That are like, okay, let's get together. We don't have this. Let's raise these funds. Let's do this. Let's set up this water station. Let's. And I'm seeing very different approaches by city officials doing that, both in our city and in Austin and in Dallas and Houston, San Antonio. You're seeing... Just those that are there to pass some laws and read some things and look good and 
folks that are like, we, I got to keep my people alive. I wish I could. I wish. We know that we know as sure as we're sitting here, that ain't nothing going to change. We, we know like we're going to fix whatever we need to fix, but we're going to do it in the cheapest, most quote unquote efficient way possible. And we're going to hope it don't do this again because truly reconstructing the infrastructure around here and making sure that it's all good in heat and cold is too costly, too time consuming, too politically costly. It's, it's not. And, and within the will of the people. You know, once everybody got their power again and we can see our grass and stuff, people ain't want to go. Who who's go, who are we going to cut from to make this OK? For a thing that may never come. And and you see, like, it's how people live their life. Why? Why? You know, why would I say why would I save part of my check for a retirement that may never come? Why would I put I need this money now? Why should I live like we? And so. Yeah, I look at this and I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to make ready because maybe and it might not ever come. But if it does, I'm going to be, you know, if I'm not living next to a fire department, you know. But that's just not how human beings are wired. Mm -hmm. You know, I see this in California all day long. Fire comes, ravages California. Mm. You would know not to build there. You would know that. But we've, I say we. They over there in Cali, it's like they just keep they built. It's like yo, it's, it's gonna burn down again. Nah, I can't move. It's politically costly for me to move. It if the town implodes, we built towns and cities around this fire. And they, what are we gonna do? Tear the whole place down? Of course not. Oh man, we're on fire again, right? There ain't no you you floodplains, no, tornado it's, it's alley, yeah. like it, whatever you want to call it. To the point of not forgetting for those of us who now have what we need and for those who still don't, the Texas House is having a hearing and because the rules they passed, we can't provide testimony, which I'm clearly salty about. I think that's um, unethical, but they opened up a public comment link and I'll link it in the description of our podcast so that you can share your story if you want to. If you've been through it, if you have thoughts about what they should do, there's an opportunity to tell the Texas legislature what they need to change. Because when I was talking about ERCOT and how it's governed, the Texas legislature and the governor both oversee the Public Utilities Commission, which oversees ERCOT. They get to pass the laws. They are the ones who pass the laws to deregulate us, to take us off the interconnected grid and have our own. This comes back on the Texas Ledge and the governors from years past, for the last 25 years, that made these decisions. And so it's not one isolated thing, as we're pointing fingers. It's decades of these choices. And I am, you know, I'm, I'm with you, Anthony. I don't think things will change. I still think we have to try to make them change. Because we can't give up trying, but I, I agree that human nature is not going to suddenly change overnight because some people froze. I think, I think human nature is going to change because Plano froze. I think human nature is going to change because Highland Park, froze. Mm. like, right? Like West people Lake. think that they can, yeah, like whatever neighborhood Ted Cruz was in, it was frozen. And that, you know, if it wasn't, maybe he doesn't abscond. But 
I, I think I think when 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 crisis reaches out, same thing with the pandemic. I think when crisis reaches out and touches everybody, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, every county in the state felt it. Right. Every neighborhood in the state felt it to one extent or another. And so it's like what we should be thinking is your money can't protect you. Your position can't protect you. Your status can't can't, can't protect you. Your skin color can't protect you. Nothing can protect you from stuff like this. You are not insulated. We are in need of each other. And that's what should be screaming Mm. back as these forces beyond our control is wreaking havoc on our lives. And for us to just shake off the snow and be like, all right, back to our stratified way of living. Back to me walking past people that don't reach my social state. Like, instead of thinking that way, we should be thinking, man, how do I protect everybody? Because to protect everybody is to protect myself. If everybody's protected, I'm protected. If we are leaving people vulnerable, those vulnerabilities don't stop at neighborhood walls. They do not. Right. Which, to your point, brings me back to that's why we shouldn't take the easy outs of blaming Ted Cruz. Right? Like, he's an easy man to hate on. I think he's one of the worst senators, if not the worst, in the United States Senate. But that he did a stupid bad thing. He didn't necessarily cause this and it absconds us and everybody else of doing things better in the future. If we just get to hate on him, if we just channel our rage directly at him, it's an easy answer to a complex problem that we've allowed in our state. I also want to point out for those people who are like, Oh, Texas, no, you're going to get rid of Ted Cruz. Now y'all we tried. We sure did, we did try. but we, we did are try. the most voter suppressed state in the entire country by like 12 different metrics. Tons of reports confirm it. It's really hard to vote here. We don't let a lot of people vote and those that can, we make it as difficult as possible. And they have a huge pile of new bills that they've filed in this Texas legislative session to try to make it harder to get rid of all of the ways that people attempted to make it easier to vote in the pandemic. They're trying to make that all illegal. Prediction time, though. Yep. It's prediction time on this is for the CV. <laughs> Let's hear it. The reason why we're the most suppressed state, the reason why they got all these bills is because they know what we know. They know what we know. They know that younger people ain't down with this situation. And they know that those younger people is having kids and having families and that it's just not going to stay this way. It's already not this way. Right. And they also know that as soon as Texas goes another way, there is no path for any conservative to win anything nationally if Texas goes another way. There's too many people here, but they already know. So they're trying to push a snowball back uphill. And, you know, they're fighting against it. Pun intended. But it's hard. It, sure, but it's hard. It's hard to fight against that. And once it happens, it's going to happen quickly, and it's going to happen in a way that can't be modified or changed. Mm. You look at states. You you look at counties that were super duper duper conservative. You know, doubt Tarrant County, Tarrant. right? Like it's Tarrant like yo, mm-hmm. like once it flips. It flips forever. Like, it's like, okay, it's going to be 30 years before it flips back. And you can't gerrymander the whole state. Senate office, Mm-mm. governor office, those statewide offices, you can't gerrymander those. Nah. So that's what they're trying to fight against. But the fight, it's like, man, you know, the demographics in this state are changing. And more to the point, as economically solvent as the state is, 
other people from other states are looking at how good economically it is in Texas and they're moving here. And they're bringing their values here with them. Mm. You know, a lot of people from California moved to Texas like, yo, because, it, you know, California economically is a dumpster fire. I'm from California. I got out just in time. Like, and so, they, you know, you get here, you look around, you're like, yeah, this is, you know, Californians, they like their races. They like subtle races. They don't like overt. They don't like the overt. <laughs> They don't like overt. And they're like, ooh, that rubs me wrong. That makes me feel bad. I don't like that. Don't make me feel bad. <laughs> and so they vote in a different way. Like, it's like, hey, hey what do you want? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think those predictions are accurate. And I think that is some of the analysis that's going on behind the scenes. Because when you look at how young people vote, it's not... It's not Republican in Texas or anywhere, really. Yeah. So the the, the goal, you're either going to change what you stand for and what you're advocating for, or you're going to get smashed. Mm. And right now, huh, if if the avatar for the Democratic Party is Bernie Sanders, Ilhan Omar, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. If you're going to go down that road and pretend like that's the avatar for the Democratic Party, then the avatar for the Republican Party is Marjorie Taylor Greene and Donald Trump and Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz. And if you want to run the game on what they want versus what the mother folks want, you lose every time. Mm. You lose every time because what Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar want, they want people to have like health care and like a living wage. And what those folks want is for people that look like me not to be able to vote. And so that like that, that's like um, that's just not a winning strategy. It's just not. Yeah. Well, and I know that we ran a bunch of hypotheticals before the pandemic. And I said, OK, it comes down to trump and sanders and uh, you're like oh i don't want to do it but i'd still do sanders just because i don't want to vote for him but i can't vote for the other guy oh no if that was the choice i i, I, I don't know if i would even vote. you would have just not voted i don't even know i i i'm, I'm glad i'm so i'm so thankful to the democratic party i'm so th because they're grown up they were like no we're not doing this we're trying to win this <laughs> and Joe Biden is doing his job. Like, he's out there doing his job. It's fine. And I'm not saying Bernie Sanders wouldn't be doing his job. I'm just saying that in this moment, in 2020, against that specific human, who was he most afraid of? Joe Biden. Mm. That's who you run against him. And they did. That's smart. And Joe Biden going to get a lot, you, you know, like, Georgia going the other way, like, they, the, the 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 thing about, I think the thing that's cool to see about the Democratic Party, and I ain't no Democrat, but I'm <laughs> finally seeing I'm finally seeing y'all like, play, like I don't care about your consensus, oh, I don't care about your bipartisanship, like ball. I have the votes, I know. and I'm doing what needs doing, and if the people want to kick me out, fine, but we did what we came to do. Right. In the meantime, we're gonna actually pass some stuff and govern, and yeah, and if people don't like it, that's fine. Yeah, but, but at least it was our ideas. We didn't water it down to appeal to some conservatives that want us out anyway. You know, that's what happened with Obama. Bob got all this insurrection. Yeah. I'm like, man, like, they, they looked at what happens. Like, man, the most popular Democrat since JFK just got elected. We had all this mandate, all these senators. And what did we do with it? 
we let these Republicans water down our stuff, then run against the watered down version we didn't want in the first place. And we made all these concessions and then they hammered us over the head and got us out of there. That's how they are. And then when they were in power, what'd they do? They rammed stuff down our throat and didn't even ask us what we thought. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Y'all been playing checkers. Mm -hmm. Republicans been playing chess for decades. Finally, people are like, you know what? Maybe we should play the same game. Screw it. We're just going to do it and let the people decide if they like it. Because you know what's bipartisan? Stimulus checks. You know what's bipartisan? Infrastructure bills. You know what's bipartisan? Minimum wage hikes. And if people are feeling that and seeing that, Mm -hmm. they ain't going to care who gave it to them. They're going to be like, cool. Who wants to keep that going? And who doesn't? And so the, 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 the game of the conservative party is don't give these people nothing because once they have it, they'll never want to give it up. But once they feel it wash over them, they ain't going to want no arguments about giving it back. And so the game is stop them from ever getting mm. and tell them that if you work hard enough, you get something better than what they're offering. You don't want to be dependent on John Q government. You want to be dependent on yourself. And, and, and in a global economy where only one-third of the population can compete in that realm at the college-educated level, we're, we're, we're subscribing people to be destitute forever. Yep. And blaming them for it in and the process. And blaming them for it in the process. That's the problem. hmm That's the problem. That's the problem. And that's where, you know, you want to see where autocracy comes from? That. You want to see where authoritative leadership come from? That. Because it allows somebody who's bombastic and boisterous and and, and has that charismatic gift to come in and say, everybody's screwing you for their own benefit. You know your life is not what they promised. And they're blaming you for it. I can fix it. Let me. It's a compelling argument. It is. And people... And to this day, people say things like, well, I don't support what, like, what he said and how he said it, but I still voted for him. And it's for those reasons. I don't care if it's Julius Caesar or Paul Pot or Joseph Stalin or Adolf Hitler or Modi. I don't care who it is. The, 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 the narrative structure of what was going on on the ground, what they stepped into rhetorically and what they promised those lines are all very similar. What they decide once they're in power, those are personal things that they did. But how they got to power, universally similar. Mm -hmm. Before we wrap up, I wanted to share some places that people can give to. Yes, please. I know that's a hard pivot. Sorry, but <laughs> I don't care. Let's pivot. Let's let's end oh, on some something. I know. I'm productive. trying. Well, I've just come on here and been like Bleh, the whole time. So I'm trying. I'm doing my best to channel my rage into something useful. It's my goal for this year, but particularly this week. Um, so my personal recommendation, and this is just me, Rebecca Larson, is the people that are actually doing the work on the ground today and yesterday and the day before are mutual aid groups. They're people like you and me got Venmos and they're out there and they're taking food to people. They're picking them up and getting them to warming centers. They're taking them firewood. They're taking them water. And that's happening all over the state. It's actually really beautiful to see. It's just community taking care of community in essentially what a failed state. And some of the ones are Austin Mutual Aid, Feed the People, Dallas Mutual Aid. I'll write all these down in the Um, description of the podcast too. Houston Mutual Aid, Trinity Mutual Aid, which is San Antonio. Locally, 
St. Albans Episcopal Church. They have a warming center. They're feeding people. They've got nurses. They're picking folks up that have been discharged from the hospital for, for hypothermia, but their house mm. still doesn't have power. So they go mm. and pick them up and take care of them. They've got nurses and different healthcare professionals volunteering there to take care of folks. Once it's safe for them to go back, they like go and check on the house, take folks back. And then once those sort of immediate needs aren't necessary, they're going to transition into helping in other ways. So they're a local place that you can give to, which is, is my, I personally uh, support them and think that they're doing really good work right now. There's also a statewide one, or really just anyone who's impacted this beyond the state. Because again, Texas got the limelight because it was our entire state, but people are suffering similarly in Oklahoma and Louisiana with with the same sorts of issues with water and power. And so there's this woman on Instagram that I really like named Sharon Says So. She's a government teacher and she does a really good job of building consensus around very volatile conversations. Um, She's goals for that because I'm not very good at that. (laughs) But she, if you go to her, if you're an Instagram person, if you go to her site, she'll have a link and it's literally just a Google sheet where people say, my name's Sandra, I need formula, here's mm-hmm. my Venmo. And then someone comes in and she's asked you to track it. You don't have to share your information, but just say Venmo $20, Venmo 15 in the thing in like the next column so that people can see what needs are have kind of been met and who hasn't received funds. And is there a potential for any of these that I recommended for people to get on there and claim they have need they don't? Sure. But- I, I don't think it's worth our time and effort worrying no. about that, right? No. Now is not the time to police who deserves help. Just help, right? If you can. And again, if you can't, I really understand. Um, most people in Texas are very financially strapped with pipes bursting and all sorts of things going on. But maybe just share those or find things that you like and share that. Um, Brene Brown shared a bunch of stuff. So there's lots of sort of Texas leaders in in different spaces that are sharing organizations. Brene Brown's really good. Just in general, that podcast is really good. <laughs> Have you been listening to her podcast? It's so good. Yeah. Uh, she's a social worker, so I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so a- anyways, if you're not on board with the mutual aid, that's fine. But maybe find something that you're comfortable with and just share it if you're on social media or or talk about it. And I will end with this, that it's easy to poke fun at Texas and make jokes like, oh, it's cold there. They can't handle some snow. We are guilty of the same thing when there's a hurricane on the East Coast, right? Oh, there's a category one. Are you kidding? But y'all don't have the infrastructure on the East Coast and you flood and people die. And Mm -hmm. so it's not that some places can handle weather more. It's when we can't. It's because things have failed and our climate is changing. And so let's just take care of each other is my soapbox. And I shall step down off of it. Okay, Rebecca, what is the quote of the week? The quote of the week comes from my friend, Deshauna Holly. She shared this today and I thought it was good, particularly in light of, or for the people who have been through more than you and me, but really just anybody who's been through this week. And it is next week when the weather warms up. Don't forget that the trauma this week will likely last a lot longer. So if you aren't able to go back to business as usual, be gentle with yourself. Heck yeah. This has been This Is For The CV. Thanks for listening, Mom. This Is For The CV. 
is a Larson and Lestrat production. Editing done by Rebecca Larson. Music performed by Issa Black. Thanks, man.